Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. And it won't be long. Your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God. And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is the shelter from the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of His name He has power over life and death Every knee will bow and tongue confess Heaven and earth will proclaim That Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of the Father will you bow He can save you from the might of all your sin This is the fight in which He stands In perfect victory While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come From the coming storm While you have breath 
You have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm He's the only shelter from the coming storm. Now it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus to register all the inhabited world. This was the first census while Quinarius is ruling Syria and they were all going to be registered, each one, to his own city. So Joseph also went from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he is out of the house and family of David, to register himself with Mary, having been betrothed to his wife, being with child, Now it happened, while they were there, the days were fulfilled for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her son, the firstborn. And she wrapped him up in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. There are many mysteries associated with the coming of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He is fully God, and he is fully man. And he's going to come not to start a social movement. He's going to come to raise up an army, a spiritual army not an army that will fight against the dictators of that day or of any day thereafter. Instead, he's to raise up a spirit army, men and women who know the cost of following Jesus and who give themselves utterly and completely to that task. He spoke about this, In Matthew, the 16th chapter, I'll begin reading at verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wills to come after me, that is, if anyone wills to follow me, he must deny himself, must take up his cross, and must follow me. For Whoever may will to save his life will lose it, but whoever may lose his life for my sake will find it. For what does a man profit if he may gain the whole world and may suffer the loss of his soul? 
Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is destined to come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each one according to his activity. So Jesus did not come to start a social movement. He did not come to start a a justice movement. He came to raise up a congregation of men and women who would fight with all of their heart, mind, and soul, all of their resources, for the kingdom of God to be established upon the earth. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. In other words, don't run after what the pagans run after, but give everything for Jesus Christ. Now, many Christians cannot deal with this, and so they choke on it. That's why today's broadcast is called The Choking Christian. They can't quite get down into their heart the reality that they are not joining some social movement where all kinds of bennies are given to them. Instead, they are joining an army as a soldier of the cross of Jesus Christ. Today, there are some songs that are not very popular. Some by Martin Luther. Where he calls us to be soldiers of the cross. Onward, Christian soldiers. Marching as to war. We are in a war. A very real war. But the mysteries of the kingdom of God were given to us in the teachings of Jesus. We find in Matthew, the 13th chapter, the reason he teaches in parables. By hearing, you will hear, but you may never understand. And while seeing, you will see, but may never perceive. For the heart of this people was made dull. And with the ears they heard with difficulty, and they closed their eyes, lest they may see with the eyes, and may hear with the ears, and may understand with the heart, and may turn, and I would heal them. There's a great work of healing that goes on in the mysteries of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not easily and quickly understood. We have today a modern apostate church who believes that we are saved by faith, and I believe we're saved by faith as well, but the biblical meaning of saved by faith is not the meaning that John Calvin taught 
or that even Martin Luther taught. For them, saving faith was simply turning to Jesus, but not turning away from all of my sin. In other words, saving faith for them was not regenerative. It did not restore to the original before the fall. It still allowed for the old man of sin to dwell in the heart of a man or a woman. Some of you are dealing with that. I've had some phone calls from some of you giving response to the messages that I've been bringing to you. And my my word to you was, stop fighting, surrender. Become one with Jesus and give up all of the other issues that you have in your life. Turn it over to Jesus. Roll your anxieties over to him. Because saving faith is not just legal faith. It is saving faith. It changes and transforms you by the blood of Jesus Christ into a new person. So Jesus, talking about these mysteries, begins to speak in Mark, the fourth chapter. Do you not understand this parable? And so how will you understand all the parables? The one sowing the word, now those are the ones on the path where the word is sown. And when they may hear, immediately Satan comes and takes up the word, having been sown in their hearts. We review yesterday. If you've not listened, please go back and listen to yesterday's broadcast, the professional, the death of the professional Christian. It's that professional Christian who has their ways and their beliefs and their opinions, and they're all packed down solid. And they're not interested in hearing anything that might conflict with what they believe. I want to be very clear with you today. Your salvation depends on tearing up that hard soil, plowing that hard soil, and hearing the honest, straight word of the living God. Now, before we go to the next kind of soil, I want to be clear with you. In this parable, Jesus speaks of four different kinds of soil. The word of God is sown in them, and then they have a response to that word. Now, each of these kinds of soil are determined by the attitude and the actions of that individual person's life, your life. You are the one who will determine what kind of soil you have in your heart. You are responsible for the soil of your own heart, your mind, your life. And if you have simply packed down like cement, 
what you believe, what you've been taught by preachers, what you've read in books, what your experience is, then you will not enter into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Rather, there must be a total meltdown of the heart, a humbling of the mind. There must come in your life a recognition of the hardness of your own soil, and you must make a decision about what you're going to do regarding that hard soil. It's not as though, okay, you have hard soil in your heart, so therefore you're lost. No, the gospel of Jesus Christ is a message to every kind of heart, a transforming message that will bring you through into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Some of you have a lazy heart. You're happy with the wonderful words you hear from your preacher that comfort you in the midst of your hardness. You're involved in your sexual uncleanness. You love your pornography. You love the indecency. You are hungry for money. You hold bitterness in your heart. Anger. Your heart is hard and you are right and everybody is better treat you the way you want to be treated or you're going to smack them down. Some of you are very stoical. Did you know a Christian cannot be stoical? Hard. I'm right. You're wrong. Do it my way. No. 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 Do it Jesus' way. Do it the way of the cross. The crucifixion is to take that starch of hard soil out of our lives. To plow up the soil of our life, of our heart, where it becomes tender and and merciful. Not where we're hanging on to what we have because we think it's going to be taken away from us. And so we're going to defend ourselves. No, it's seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. All of these things that you think you must hang on to, he will add to you. He will give to you. And so we come today to the second kind of soil. This is found in Mark, the fourth chapter, I'll begin reading at verse 16. And likewise, these are the ones being sown upon rocky soil, who, when they may hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. But they have no root in themselves, and they are temporary. And then trouble or persecution having come because of the word immediately, they're caused to fall away. Oh, I didn't sign up for this. Why is it so hard? One Hindu man 
who came to Jesus through the prayer chapel, through the ministry of the Lord. He said, why is it so hard to follow Jesus? Something is always happening to me. I said, yes. Yes, something is always happening because the devil wants to bring trouble or persecution from your family because he wants you to leave the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, the devil's telling me that this is all foolishness. Yes, that is what he would say. So don't listen to him. Get behind me, Satan. I'm going to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm going to take up my cross. I'm going to follow him. Well, this soil is rocky soil. I can remember as a boy on the farm, dad would always ask me to walk behind the plow and then the harrow. Well, actually, we disc first and then we harrowed. But in that whole process, and it was always a mystery to me, where did these stones come from? It seemed that every year we plowed and disc and harrowed the field. Stones would roll up under it. Dad would say, Raymond, pick the big stones up and the little stones and take them over to the side of the field, out of the field, so that we can throw them out and not allow them to hinder the growth of our crop. And so I would do that. This rocky soil. They hear the word. They hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Immediately receive it with joy. Wow. Is Pastor Ray right? That that wicked nature of my heart can be totally destroyed? Romans, the sixth chapter. Can I be set free from all sin? Can I absolutely have the addictions of my heart broken? Can I have victory over my sexual sin? Can I have victory over drugs, alcohol? Can I have victory over bitterness and anger and hardness? Is it true? It's good news. Jesus wants to give you victory over every besetting sin. <laughs> they receive it with joy. Had people come to the prayer chapel and they've listened to the first few sermons and they've said, wow, this is awesome news. I like this, pastor. I'm going to be here. One man and his wife, they said, Oh, Pastor, we feel comfortable in your church. We're very grateful for you. Thank you. And then the next week they didn't come. And then they showed up again. And again, he said, oh, my wife and I, we feel comfort. We want this church. We're going to be a part of this church. And then they disappeared and never heard from them again. I understand why. It says, verse 17, they have no root in themselves. In other words, they come, they hear a message of deliverance, they hear a message of forgiveness, they hear a message of love, 
they're happy about it. But the truth is, they have no roots in their own life. Roots that go down deep. And those little roots that begin to grow, they cut them off. They jerk it out. Remember when I was a boy on the farm, Dad said, Ray, go out and and pull up one piece of corn and see what you find. So I did. I pulled up the piece of corn and the little green shoot. And down in the root was the remains of the kernel of corn that had been planted. And there were thin little white roots going out from that. Well, a month later, if my daddy had said, Ray, go pull up that stalk of corn, I would have found gnarly roots going down deep into the soil. And as a little boy, I could not have begun to pull that big stalk of corn up. It was already over my head. I couldn't have pulled that thing up. Why? Because it had those gnarly roots deep into the soil. Well, he's saying in this mystery of the gospel that you're going to have to grow those gnarly roots down deep into Jesus Christ. Why would they be gnarly? Because roots grow through experience. Roots in Jesus grow by reading the word, by praying, and by making mistakes, and by repentance, and by testing and trying your own heart. One man said to me, Pastor, I'm out of here. This walk with Jesus is just too difficult. I said, okay, what are you going to do? I'm going to take a break. Okay. Understand that you may never come back. Why? Because you're ripping the little roots out that you've already started to grow. And I don't know if this tender plant can survive your harshness and judgment against Jesus. Well, he left. Soon he was back, repenting because God had severely punished him. He needed that. Some people only learn with a two-before over their head, and God had used a good smack on him. Some of you are offended by that, aren't you? God doesn't smack us. Oh, yes, he does. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, goes even further. It says, he whips you. (laughs) He whips you because he wants a harvest of righteousness out of you. He wants you to be made holy. So in this mystery of the soil... It's rocky. Well, why is it rocky? The rocks are all of the things we have in our heart and our life that we want to hang on to. 
one man, Reese Howells, in the book, Reese Howells, The Intercessor, wants the Holy Spirit to come and take charge of his life. But he's very hesitant because he knows there are many good things in his life that the Holy Spirit is going to say, I need to take that away from you. And the Holy Spirit won't take it until he says, yes, you may take that from me. You have things in your life that you don't want to let go of. That you think in yourself, there's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with that? And yet, you fill yourself with the entertainment of the world. Your soul is made numb. The rocks stand in the way of the Spirit of God coming and moving in power. It may be you're just feeling sorry for yourself. It may be you're complaining. This last week, I found myself beginning to grumble in my heart about having been sick so long with the flu. And finally, I had to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I know the Lord does not like grumbling. I had to cast it away from me and say, I'm done with you. I'm going to lift up my hands, and I'm going to praise Jesus in every circumstance in my life. I will not grumble about anything. (laughs) Are you a grumbler? Do you feel sorry for yourself? Your situation? Are you angry and bitter? These are all rocks in the soil. And they will cause the word of God, even though you have received the gospel with joy, they will cause that seed to not be able to develop roots. In your own heart, you have to develop your roots. You You may want to depend on your pastor. You may want to depend on the social network of your life. You may want to depend on everybody around you. And when they don't perform the way you want them to perform, if they don't come and take care of you the way you want to be taken care of, you get angry with them. (laughs) I don't say this to embarrass any of you. But some of you get very angry with me when you don't get the telephone response from me. Some people, when they don't get their questions answered the way they want them answered, they just disappear. I understand. We all want to think we're very special. And we want to be able to depend on pastor or on somebody else. The truth is, you must grow those gnarly roots deep into the soil of your heart where you determine you will not turn aside 
to the right or to the left. You are going to be a servant of Jesus Christ. What is it that's stopping you from a hundred percent service to Jesus Christ? One man. I said to him, are you married? No. I said, oh, then you're single. He stopped. He said, no, I'm not single. I said, wait a minute. If you're not married, what do you mean you're not single? He said, well, I live with my girlfriend. What? You're a Christian, and you're shacked up with a woman you're not married to? How's that possible? Well, it's complicated. No, it's not complicated at all. It's sin. It's evil. It's wrong. But we don't like to be so straight with ourselves, do we? Some of you are are cheating. One man who was a part of the prayer chapel suddenly disappeared. And then I discovered that he had run a scam on the IRS and had embezzled money. and was charged with a crime, and he disappeared. He didn't want to face. He didn't want to confess. I saw him later at a Starbucks. His eyes went right past me. He wouldn't look at me. He wouldn't speak to me as his trial was getting underway. Some of you are doing dishonest things. Some of you are lying and stealing. You have a responsibility before God for the soil of your heart. The soil of your heart is created by your attitude, your repentance, or your refusal to repent. Now, Please, are you walking in any known sin before Almighty God? The chat line is wide open. You don't need to put your name down. Why don't you just go on that line and and say, yes, I'm walking in sin. I know it. And by the grace of God, I'm going to repent. I'll get on my face before him, and I'm finished with my sin. I want to be washed and clean and made whole. Why not take the opportunity to be very honest and say what's really going on in your heart? Have you been lying to yourself? Has the Holy Spirit been speaking to you about specific sin and you have rejected that time after time and continued to walk in the arrogance 
of your sin. This is creating the soil of your heart. And you have to break that soil up and you have to remove those rocks. You have to throw them out. A rock does not move by itself. It would have been great as a boy in the field walking behind the tractor. If the rocks I had come to, I could have just said, rock, move, and they would have moved. didn't happen that way. I had to lean down and pick that rock up and carry it to the side of the field and cast it out. How do you do that? Well, in the spirit realm, you do that by open confession of your sin. And then you pick that sin up and you bring it before Jesus Christ. And you confess this sin before him. And you ask Jesus to remove it from your heart and your life. You cast it away from you. For some of you, it's getting drunk. For some of you, it's the entertainment of the world. For some of you, it's gambling on on the football games. For some of you, it's gambling at the casino. You know you shouldn't go. You know it's wicked before Almighty God, but you go anyway because your friends want you to go. What would happen today if you just say, look, I want this rocky soil of my heart transformed into something that will allow the roots of my heart to grow into Jesus Christ. I'm done being temporary. Are you a temporary person? Do you go somewhere and say, wow, this is great. And then you never go back. Have you done that at the prayer chapel? Did you become offended by the word of God on this broadcast? And today you're just back kind of checking out what's going on with Pastor Ray. Well, the same thing is going on with me every day. I'm coming asking you to take the actions necessary to get right with Jesus. I don't want there to be anything between your heart and Jesus. Now, I'm not coming talking about the sinners. I'm talking to you. I want you to go into your life, pick up those stones that you have unearthed, that the Holy Spirit has shown you, and I want you to cast them out of your heart. The unbelief, the discouragement, the despair, the jealousy, the envy, the desire to be somebody. I don't know what the issue is in your heart, but the Holy Spirit has shown you what that issue is. And it has to be dealt with firmly, honestly. Some people, they've never really wanted to know 
what their sin was. And they have closed their ears to the Holy Spirit. They've closed their eyes. Is this you? Have you blocked your ears so you don't hear the Holy Spirit? Have you blinded your eyes so that you don't have to look and see and you've settled for some comfortable Fantasia religion? A make-believe religion. Have you done that? Or have you made the decision you will deal with every rock in your heart that you will allow the roots of the gospel to go deep into your soul? That you will no longer be a temporary person? That no matter how hard it becomes, you're going to walk with Jesus? Trouble and persecution can come upon you, but you're not going to fall away? No matter what, you're not going to leave Jesus. You're not going to leave because you feel bad. I can't tell you how many times as a pastor I've had to go seek out someone who hasn't shown up in church. And when I go ask them what happened, well, so-and-so said this to me, and I'm offended. Well, get over it. What do you mean you're offended? Did Jesus offend you? Well, the answer is yes. Because he's asking me to forgive that person and to love them. And I'm not going to forgive them, and I'm not going to love them. So you choke on the demands of the gospel to be utterly given over to Jesus Christ. My brother, my sister, you can't afford to live like that. You know what the rocks are in your heart. And when you come to one, you go around it, and you leave it there because you say, it's too big for me to move. It would cost me too much to confess. I'm not going to do it. So you never grow up in Jesus. You never mature. You're not an overcomer. You're a temporary. You know what a temporary is? Somebody who comes into the job and doesn't know it, They'll sit at the desk for a few days to replace somebody who is out sick. And then they're gone. They don't build friendships. They don't build relationships. They're gone. One of the greatest sadnesses of my heart, sorrow of my heart, are the temporaries, the bebacks. You know what a beeback is, right? They listen. They love the sound of it. Yes, I want this. And they say, but I need to think about it. I'll be back and we'll talk some more. Almost never will a beeback be back. Salesmen know this. 
That's why salesmen say when they say no, that's the beginning of the sale. Because they don't want to be back because they know that while they're there right now, they need to make a decision because they won't be back. Are you a be back for Jesus? Are you a be back? Or have you made the decision that you're going to clear the stones out of your heart and out of the soil? And you're going to allow the word that's been planted in you by the Holy Spirit to grow in you. You're going to read the word. You're going to pray. You're going to fast. You're going to seek after Jesus. You're going to cut off everything he's told you to cut off. Because you want the root of your soul to grow deep into Jesus. I remember when Jesus first said to me, turn your television off. It was a day of great sorrow for me, but I had to do it, and so I did. And then the day came when he said, now carry it outside and put it in the trash. And I did, with much trepidation. And he's told me other things. And sometimes the things he's told me have not been very comfortable. Ray, what you did there was wrong. You made the wrong decision. Repent and don't do it again. Yes, sir. See, part of this growing of good soil and removing the rocks is to take full responsibility for the fact that there are rocks in my life. I can't blame my wife or others for the rocks that are in my heart and in my life. I have to come to a place where I recognize that I'm the one, by my attitude and my actions, I'm the one who creates the rock that causes me to stumble and not grow deep into Jesus. So somebody comes to the prayer chapel. They don't show up again. I know why. Their wife doesn't want them to come, or their husband doesn't want them to come. And so there's a rock. And now they have to decide, do I serve my husband or my wife, or do I serve Jesus Christ? Your husband or your wife is not going to stand with you on the judgment day, and you point to them and say, Jesus, it was her fault. Jesus, it was his fault. No, 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 no. A part of growing up in Jesus is finally giving up all of my excuses and taking full responsibility for the rocks that weigh me down, for the rocks that tear at my heart. You have to decide what you're going to do with these rocks in your heart. If you are temporary because of these rocks, 
don't come to the prayer chapel, please. The prayer chapel is not a place for temporary people. It's a place you come when you're serious about Jesus and you're determined that you're going to allow the roots of your heart to grow deep into Jesus. And you're going to deal with the rocks. You're going to be responsible. You're going to take your place. You are not a consumer. You are a producer of righteousness by the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ. You are a soldier of the cross. You're not a wimp. You're serious. You want to follow Jesus. Then you're welcome to come. Now let's pray. Lord, I come today recognizing that this is not an easy message, but this mystery that you've shared with us is the mystery of these rocks that block you from having your way in our lives. Lord, I don't want one man or one woman to have rocks hidden in their heart that prevent them from doing what you've asked them to do or that cause them to waver in their faith or cause them to settle back into their place where they can have peace and fit around the rock. Lord, I'm asking that you would grow us up, that you would give us the courage to throw the rocks out of our heart, that we would hear the word, that we would receive it with joy, and that the roots of our heart would then have the ability to go deep into Jesus Christ, that we will not be temporary, but we will be soldiers of the cross. We will not choke We will not choke on the demands of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will not reduce the responsibility. We will go with courage and with faith and know that you are the God of heaven and that you've called us to yourself. Lord, please, Would you come and deal with our hearts now? Would you deal with my heart? Every rock must be cast out. And with with every plowing of our heart, by the Holy Spirit, will result in more rocks being brought to the surface. Lord, I don't want those rocks. I'm asking for the courage to just cast them out by the blood of Jesus. Lord, thank you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, some of you belong at the National Prayer Chapel, but you've been afraid to come. I invite you to come. What's keeping you? What bitterness? What anger? What disappointment? Get over it. Throw the rocks out. And write to me. I'd love to hear from you. Pastor Ray Greenley, Post Office Box 23, 
46, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, that address, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You're welcome to come to the prayer chapel if you're serious. Not a look-see. You've already heard enough. You know who I am. You know what's keeping you. If you're in the Washington metro area, it's time. Come with a humble heart. And you'll meet a humble heart. So I invite you to come. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. That's nationalprayerchapel.com. You'll find there a map with the address. And yes, on Christmas Day, we will be meeting. We won't hold lunch on that day because everyone wants to go with their families. But we will be meeting on Christmas Day. We will be praying from quarter of 10 until 1030. You're welcome to come and pray with us. And then to enjoy a time of worship and praise and honor to Jesus. He is the reason for the season. So come and fellowship with us. If you'd like to be a part of keeping this broadcast on the air, I need you. I can't do it alone. I trust in Jesus to move in your heart, to give as he prompts you. You can give online. And God bless you, brother, sisters. We come to the end of December. We need to pay the December bill. And then, by faith, start January. God bless you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Jesus Christ.